0: I it up,
1: up it up up it up up up
0: And welcome to the New Age Boxing Podcast. With me, Andy White, and with me today...
1: Mine, Theobald, And... And we've got the internationally known, in a league of his own... Only on a register.
0: <laughs> the international register.
1: So you've got to do it now. You've got Terry Chapendama here. Autograph session, Friday, 12 till 12.30. Bring whatever you want signed. You know where it is.
0: I don't know why I insist on doing this. It never varies... Other than if one of you isn't here, <laughs> I want to know where Terry's autographs are. Uh, yeah, and we've also all got our phones on airplane mode this week, so yeah. apologies for any apologies that distort...
1: Andy didn't do it last
0: week. Why? Why was it me? You just established that it's me. Well,
1: you need uh, it. I have no phone signal here, so same here. <laughs>
0: That's what it was then. Your phone looking it's for all signal. So your Tinder
1: honeys. <laughs> Shouts out to Tinder
0: and Cheetos. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't had uh, a shout to Cheetos recently. So.
1: Well, they haven't responded, so nah, we've, fuck we've moved on. To? Walkers. Not sure yet. Rubicon again. Back Rub- to the first
0: love. <laughs> Rubicon. <laughs> right, we have last night on the ITV card to go through, and then a load of questions, essentially, what it's going to be. Um, right, Martin, you were at last night's event can you, you know, what, what can you tell us?
1: Alright, um, let's start off. I mean, the place was maybe 75% full down at Wembley Arena. Yeah, what's the capacity? Pass, no idea. 6,000? 7,000? I don't know. Um, S- not S- even, not even the next, not even next gen. <laughs> not even Eddie Hearn. I'm not putting any stars on anyone else. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: Well, they were all at home with a pay per view. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it was more than the next gen. It was. That uh, no, was a good crowd. It was good. Um. Good atmosphere there. I think you know clearly. Chris Eubank Jr. is turning into a you know mini AJ. He's not on that level by any means, but people you know he's a product. He's a brand in himself, built by Junior, Senior, whatever people go to see Chris Eubank Jr. Um, and, you know, his fans are... They're very vociferous. It's a huge following that he's got there. Um, and I'm talking, like, grown men. Grown men of, like, 50-plus years old. That Even after the fight's finished and, like, they were doing the interviews with George Groves and Chris Eubank ringside. You've got grown men of 50-plus going, Eubank! Eubank! And then shouting over... George, he's gonna fuck you up, son. He's gonna fuck you up. I'm like, what's your vested interest in this? <laughs> that's
0: that's their chance to cut loose, apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they've got one night out that they're allowed, um, and so yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was it was really good. I thought so. I'll take you through some of the action. Uh, shout out to Joel McIntyre, who um, English like heavyweight champion, had a bit of a run out on the televised card. Started off, I think it was Kid Galahad who was the first one. Um, it was an okay display. He moved up to Featherweight, uh, which I think he's sticking at now. Very slick boxer, Kid Galahad. Nicely transitions in and out, Southpaw Orthodox. But it wasn't a fight you could judge him on because whoever it was that he was fighting, I can't remember, some Mexican geezer, um, he wasn't. <laughs> That's what I think his name
0: was. As it turns as out, it yeah. There, yeah.
1: Um, it didn't offer enough to give Kid Galahad anything to fire back against. So it was a late stoppage for Galahad. lazy Mexicans. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing really to write home about. But he doesn't carry enough power at featherweight for me, Kid Galahad, to uh, challenge at World Honours. Be my uh, brief kind of summary of it. Moving on, Robbie Davis Jr. Uh, became the second Davis in a week to suffer an upset. Um, following on from Ahara's footsteps but we'll give him his due he didn't do an Ahara he didn't you know get a bit of a hurt nose and quit he took his beating um, he was he took his beating like a man <laughs> like a man and left on a stretcher yeah there you go uh, so I think we saw who the sensible one was yeah um, boxing where nothing really makes sense yeah he'll get all the credit in the world for leaving on a stretcher Ahara Davis gets the piss taken out of him for walking yeah. out he was fine, by the sounds of it. Robbie Davis Junior. So he was fighting. I think the odds were like it was one to twelve on Robbie Davis, and it was on like six, seven to one on uh, this Polish geezer. That he was fighting.
0: How can you be one to twelve on the other guy? Is only seven to one. It was something like he's that. So don't quote. No, don't quote me on it. But it wouldn't surprise me with boxing. That's the ridiculousness of the odds that they give. It. Like, oh, this bloke, yeah, he's one to fifty on. Wow, the other guy must be fifty to one on. Nope, <laughs> he's evens.
1: Yeah. So Robbie Davis Junior. He. We said it after the Sabo fight, the last ITV show. Um, I thought he was overrated. Like I thought um, that Sabo fight seemed to expose him to an extent. It was a nice finish by Davis, but he was exposed for me as being a a very one-dimensional fighter. And that was hugely exposed last night. Whoever this Polish guy was, uh, every left hook he threw. I think he landed on Robbie Davis Jr. Robbie Davis Jr. could not adapt in that fight whatsoever. So he clearly, he doesn't have the best boxing brain for me. He was going in and he was always looking for his attack and his game plan all the way through uh, the fight. Not taken into any account whatsoever, was coming back the other way. Uh, and so he just failed to really have any grasp over the fight. His head movement is just non-existent, just catches every single shot this little Polish geezer is firing off at him. Um and they were taking his toll Like, I think Davis Junior was up on the cards and that was only because of a, a legitimate but lucky knockdown in that he, um, the Polish guy kind of touched his glove to the canvas protested it but it was a, a legitimate knockdown as such so he was up on the cards but got stopped in the 12th round um, vicious right hand by the Polish fella um, that left Davis like sprawled on the canvas and I didn't think he was going to get back up Managed to get back to his feet, but was so shaky. He was right in front of where I was. He should not have been allowed to carry on with that fight whatsoever. Um, But the referee allowed him to to carry on, and then the lad comes in and just lays it on him again. Um, I think if it was maybe the third round, the ref would have stopped it, because it was a 12th, I think he tried to give him an opportunity to finish the fight. It was foolish for me. Uh, Robbie Davis Jr. ended up leaving on a stretcher. I thought it was really, really poor refereeing uh after that we had lee selby versus uh i can't remember the guy's name now jonathan Barros. Barros. so this has to be given as a pass really for lee selby his mother passed away during the week so you know fair play to him for even getting in that ring saturday night he's not been in the ring for a while this fight was meant to happen out in vegas got cancelled uh because of a health issue for Barros. Selby's career of late has been fraught with difficulties. So I think maybe that probably influenced why he wanted to get in the ring Saturday night, just to get on with it. Uh, very professional performance. Um, dropped him in the 12th and then went in for the kill. But it was almost as if he was just wanting to have the opportunity to spend that time in the ring, get the rounds in, because he hasn't been in there for so long. And obviously the distraction of his mum. So it was an okay performance, but you know you give him a pass on it. And then, moving on, the Eubank fight, um, it, it was what I think we probably expected it to be. Arthur Abraham is a tough, tough man, um, never been stopped in his career, apart from in the Stieglitz fight, which was on a cut.
0: Right, so I didn't actually, I saw parts of this fight, um, because I did the, uh, New Age Boxing approved way of watching it, streaming it, um. No, no, no. The Gilberto Mendoza approved. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The WB and New Age Boxing approved way of watching boxing. Um, right, I when I saw it, Eubank, I think I, I started watching in the 4th, then it cut me off and I got the end of the 6th, and then I watched, I think, the 10th and 11th round. And it just looked like Eubank was in cruise control for most of it, and towards the end he was playing with him, like dodging his shots, just putting on a more of a movement display than anything else.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. Um, complete control of the fight. So he could pick and choose which shots he wanted to throw. He was throwing left hands. If they missed, rather than and you know you know the kind of some of the mad Eubank punches that he throws, where his whole body goes with him, rather than just you know having a, a conservative attempt at a punch, he'll throw the entire body weight behind it. If he misses. He then ended up at one point, he missed one of these left hands, and he ended up with his left hand almost down by his knee, his right hand kind of down by his knee as well, kind of almost crouching over in the corner, and then just stopped and posed like that for a couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and so he thrown his mental shot and then just stood and like admired his own terrible work. <laughs> you know if like a striker put a shot thirty yards over the bar, if they then stood afterwards and went like Look at that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Raised their arms. Yeah,
1: but Abraham, you know, he's got no work rate about him these days. He didn't have anything. Apart from in the 11th round, he um, he landed a straight left on Eubank that actually, like, knocked him back a fair bit. But it seemed to just piss Eubank off. And so he, like, he went again at that point. And um, it it was all very, very one-sided. Abraham stopped. What was really interesting, right... When I was saying earlier about he's a product, he's a brand, Eubank, um, his fans, when he throws that uppercut, it's almost like, I put this on Twitter, it's like a special move on a computer game or something. It <laughs> sets everybody <laughs> off. Everybody's like, yeah, when he throws that uppercut. It's like his trademark move now. I think
0: that the, the, when you were talking about the 50-year-olds earlier, they're obviously blokes that followed... You senior, aren't they? Man, and then if it's almost like I don't know It's really maybe, it maybe it is that, yeah, some sort of connection with their youth. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um but Abraham by round four-ish had worked out, you know. He's got that trademark, walks forward with his hands up, covering his face, almost allows his body to be hit. He must be made of iron in his body or something. Um walks forward with his hands up, like almost Joe Gallagher trained. Um And so he started to close his hands so the uppercut wasn't getting through as much by round four. Uh, And then by about round ten, he'd kind of loosened it again and Eubank was landing that. So I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that um, Eubank doesn't have the power at super middleweight, um, which maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But they're basing it on he didn't stop Arthur Abraham last night. Now Arthur Abraham's only been stopped on cuts in his career. Carl Froch couldn't stop Arthur Abraham. Like, Andre Ward didn't stop Arthur Abraham. There's no shame in not stopping him. And he was hurting him. Like, there were times... And those those hands of Chris Eubank are so fast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like... <laughs> That's the most impressive thing about yeah. him, isn't it? And it's like, so may- quick.
1: Maybe he doesn't carry all the
0: power in the world behind him, but there's enough of them that land on you that you're going to feel them. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the first thing people say about Calzaghe, when they say how great he was, is how quick his hands were.
1: Yeah. It, like it's an his, asset, isn't it? You couldn't see some of the punches that were going in, because when he gets <laughs> into range and he lets them go, like the combination, he'll go head, head, like hooks to the body, uppercut, uppercut, hook to the body, And he'll throw maybe 10 to 12 punches in one attack. And that might be different. When you've got George Groves on the other side of it, say, it might be very different. But for what it was, it's a hell of a a spectacle to watch him. You know, there were times when he's going off and he's just rolling his shoulders around, like just picking his shoulders up, rolling. At one point, he turned around in the ring, like got a a bit of a telling off from the ref. But he just, in the corner, like came out of an attack. Yeah, came out of an attack and just turned his back. Arthur Abraham's corner lost their shit. They douche, were boy, mental it? about it. <laughs> you know, you're not meant to turn your back in the ring. Um, <coughs> like Arthur Abraham's corner were going mad getting up on the ring steps. The board had to come and tell the geezer to get down. Honestly, they were insane about it. But it was all the trademarks of Eubank. Uh, and I think you could probably put one of those trademarks as well being an overmatched opponent um, to an extent. Look, Arthur Abraham's only been beaten by very good fighters in the past. He doesn't get beaten by poor fighters. Paul Smith didn't beat him, for instance. Um, so, <laughs> look, it shows you a level to which Eubank is at. It doesn't tell you everything about Eubank because there wasn't enough coming back at him to to make that real judgment. Um, but look, it was it was comprehensive, and that's all you could really ask of it. He, I think, he said in a press conference after that it was the best anybody's ever beaten Arthur Abraham, I think was how he put it. I struggled to give a round to Abraham, maybe one. Um, but other than that, It was 11 rounds to one for me.
0: Terry, did you see it? Sadly, I did. <laughs> Why sadly?
1: Um, I think you can get caught up in the hype that surrounds Eubank, and then you forget... The last time he fought someone who could move, he struggled. So all they've done is they've selected people who don't who don't move. And they select people who are quite static and are there to be hit. So it makes Chris Eubank look like Superman, you know. It's essentially, Abraham did the same thing he's done since 2003. Essentially, be a very tough man with his hands up. And for the last 50 seconds of a round, try and put the beating on you. If he wobbles you, he'll come for the finish. But it's been so well scouted, you know what's going to happen. So Eubank said, you know what, I'm going to have two minutes where I take it out of you and then see what you've got in the last minute, and then I'll just run around the ring for a minute. Um,
0: so are you saying that there is some sort of, uh, there is a certain hype train behind Eubank?
1: Well, well, there has to be. That's yeah. the only way you're going to sell him to suckers, essentially. And if, if you're there saying Eubank is X, Y, Z, then you're probably a sucker yourself because he hasn't done it when we've wanted him to. Let's say he fights Groves.
0: Then we will know. Well, actually, uh, Jamie Reed asks, if Eubank Jr. faces Groves or Callum Smith, do you see him beating either of them? He doesn't beat George
1: Groves. Um, he doesn't hold his left hand high enough and George Groves lands that right hand all day. And I know he was talking shit about, yeah, I spar George Groves. I'll say this now, yeah? George Groves never looks good in sparring. I've never, round after round after round, you watch him and you go... Is that really George Groves? And there are some people who are like that. There are a lot of boxers who are notorious for being rubbish in training, rubbish in sparring. Come fight night, they're different animals. I genuinely think George will do a number on Eubank Jr. Because we haven't found out what really happens. Billy Joe kind of tested the theory, but he didn't have the power. What's going to happen when someone... Peppers-Eubank were those shots. Not that I'm not getting on board the Eubank hype train. Because as I said, you have to caveat every victory he's had since then and before then. By the fact that the opponents haven't been of a level you can really judge him. Saunders is probably the same fighter he was at that point. Eubank is a different fighter, I think you could easily argue. But that was his first 12-round fight, that Saunders fight. And that engine that he's got, and it's an incredible engine. Because he was still throwing... And again, don't get me wrong, I know that he wasn't taking any punishments, he could reserve that energy, but he was still throwing super quick, like long uh, combinations in round 12. But you're not going to do that when someone just tucks up and goes, I'm just going to counter you with uppercuts. You want to throw uppercuts? I want to throw uppercuts. No, I appreciate that, but what I'm saying is the Saunders fight was his first 12 round (laughs) fight, where he didn't even start until round 6, round 7. And so he's a very different fighter. If that fight was tomorrow, he wouldn't fight the same fight that he fought that night against Saunders. Do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And I genuinely think he struggles when you've got legs. If you've got legs and you shut his variables down, he's stuck. Because what does Ubate really have? Hooks and uppercuts. He's not, He hasn't got a great jab, hasn't got a great straight right. So what do you do? You just do right. As Richie Woodall would say, do it all at range. And once, once you get someone like Groves, who's got pretty long arms, and Groves is big for 168. And I think this is the thing we forget about you, Jr. What did he weigh in at? 166? And I don't even think he had to make weight for that. So he weighs in at 166. Abraham struggles at 168, which tells me Abraham probably walks around 13 and a half 14 stone. Um, Groves is bigger than Abraham, and he boils down to 168. So eventually what's gonna happen with Eubank Jr. is he's either gonna to have to become a fully fledged one six eight and dispense all ambitions of fighting down a middleweight. Or he's going to get hurt badly. Because let's not forget Abraham got taken to school by Ramirez, right? And Ramirez is not that good. And Ramirez did a hundred and twenty one oh eight on him. So I guess what I'm trying to say is Eubank Junior I think is great from a business perspective. And I think we needed the Abraham fight. To look at it and go, hmm, okay. You you've got the name on your C V now that we can all get behind. Now you've got is it Avni Yildrim? Yeah. And now well, he's he you know he's like what ITV have in about the silence have in Yildrim, I guess. And we will see mean, then, that. And then let him take on whoever he's got after it, be it Gross or Callum Smith. But I reserve judgment because you know, we being look, look. We don't buy this bullshit when Eddie Hearn does it, do we? So I'm just saying, let's have the same sense of perspective we would if Hearn was saying Callum Smith is the best thing in the world. We'd be like, nah, I don't think so.
0: Just to sort of more directly um, touch on one of the questions, generally uh, Reed posed, which was the, the Callum Smith element. I mean, you've said that you don't see, you see Groves probably marginal favourite, but against Callum Smith, Smith boxes on the inside
1: a lot. So Eubank loves that. Um to use a woodallism, all at mid and short range. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think I think you'd sooner fight Callum Smith than George Groves, because I think Eubank can hit Smith a lot more. He's not as mobile as George and he's not as awkward because Smith stands pretty upright. Which is a very English thing. Whereas you look at Groves, Groves will traditionally box out of a crouch, which means he can create space just by moving his torso. His hips are far enough away that he just creates space for himself by moving his torso. Um, something Eubank Jr. does to a fair degree as well, but Cam Smith doesn't. <clears throat> so I think Smith will get caught out because he he loves the the inside work, the uppercuts, the hooks as well. And I just think Eubank's quicker to the punch than he is.
0: Uh, Martin uh, Rico Hickechilia. Oh, damn it. I start saying the names and I always get caught out by one of them. Well, you know who you are. Thanks for your question. Um, Where does Chris Eubank rank as a marketable name in British boxing? How big of a loss is him leaving matchroom in hindsight?
1: He's huge. I think um, you've got AJ at the top of the tree. Underneath that now, I'd say you've probably got Eubank. There was a time when you could have said it was Hay, perhaps, at number two. But aside from that, Hay at number two. Okay, three. One. Uh, <laughs> but not that long. You know, January last year when Hay came back and he was, uh you selling out in inverted commas, the O2. Um, four million people in the O2. Four mi- <laughs> they were on the roof. <laughs> they built an O2 out of people. Um, you know, Hay was a very marketable fight. I think that's probably, you know, it's diminished a little bit right now. I think behind AJ... Chris Eubank Jr. is probably the second biggest. I think he's bigger than Brook for me. Um, You know, the Golovkin fight. I think if you put Eubank in with Golovkin tomorrow, I think that sells out the O2 just as Brook did. Uh, I think it could do somewhere bigger than that. I'm not saying Wembley, but I'm saying somewhere in the middle. In terms of how big a loss is it for for Matchroom, look, we talk about it all the time in terms of what Matchroom have got left. Underneath AJ, for instance. Um... There's very little. I think Eubank would be the anchor to, you know, half the pay per views on Sky if he was there. Um, so I think it's a huge loss for them. And I'm, I'm sure that Eddie will probably, you know, make those phone calls, send those text messages every week, just seeing if there's an olive branch in some way that could be formed to, to one day get them back.
0: Just sending nudes to try and win favour.
1: Uh, well, based on what Eddie looked like when he was up in Scotland, he was. Uh, I'm not sure they're nudes that you'd want to get in your uh, your <laughs> inbox
0: time too soon. Uh, and he goes on to clarify by loss, I mean t- um, to match him looking through their current state. Yeah, well, that's what I'd read, read the question earlier, don't I? <laughs> hey, it was a supplementary question. Um, One for you, Terry. Um, John, I'm not saying your last name, that's been banned. And he- <laughs> Any any updates on the fashion police catching David Hay?
1: Well, only for training and how to dress better themselves. Um, <laughs> let, let, let's be absolutely clear. In addition to actually overselling the O2 at 4 million and single-handedly, <laughs> single-handedly saving Dave by making it the most watched channel in TV history. In
0: history. Yeah. In
1: history. <laughs> this is how important David Hay is, right? He had anaerobic bacteria taking in O2. He was that dominant in the O2. Let's be clear about what this man actually is. I don't think people understand. What he wears, you will wear. So John's having a dig now, but next year, just see the shoes <laughs> that he wears. We will come to Dublin for a podcast, I promise you, and you will have those shoes on. Can can I quickly interject? Jorge Linares was there last night. Did he have the same shoes on? He had the fucking most mental shoes you'll ever see. They were these... Like silver spiked shoes all over them. Like oh, the 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 Louboutins. I think they're not a clue. But it looked like yeah. we don't spend eight hundred quid on yeah, trainers. but he had like the. It's just so
0: cool. It sounds like some. It sounds like when you describe him, like Antonio Banderas. I'm hoping John. Virada. No, wait, wait, Hold on. Hold on. I'm,
1: I'm hoping John's listening to this, right? And I hope. I hope you get the same stick that I do. Nah, look, Jorge, Jorge Linares is the coolest uh, man. Like
0: yeah, John's gonna have some bottle if he starts calling out a Latino man, a Latino good-looking man with a smoking hot missus for not being cool enough <laughs> or not being well dressed enough. I think John might have to climb a few la- rungs up the fashion ladder, fashionista ladder, before he starts looking <laughs> if he, down if at the. Laying out Lenares, I want
1: photos of John's wardrobe. Right, that's the only way that he's got any right to start laying into Lenares. But on a serious note, Lenares was there, uh, front row, and he was maybe three seats away from Anthony Crawler. he shared a ring for twenty-four rounds or whatever. Um, As soon as they saw each other, they kind of spotted eyes. Crawler comes over, Lenares gets up. They give a big hug to one another. Crawler sees his missus, goes and gives her a kiss on the cheek, little squeeze, as we all would. I charged over. (laughs) Fucking tried to chin Linares. (laughs) Linares just moved. (laughs) Um, But they then sat for probably the best part of half an hour, 45 minutes through the whole of last night. Just sat having a laugh and a chat with one another. Um, like real classy blokes that you see all this shit going on with the Mayweather McGregor taking it around the world being a pair of cunts um, <laughs> and then you've got two like really nice genuine blokes that the pair of them spent the whole time taking photos with people signing things at one point, Linares went off for a piss, and like he just he couldn't get to the toilets. Well, Crawler just jumped on his misses. <laughs> <laughs> um, people like stopping. <laughs> he was like, "Mate, they're that way, <laughs> all the way around the other side of the room. <laughs> There's none in here, mate. You gotta go to the stadium." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he just, he stopped for every single one of them. Shook every hand, like absolute class. Uh, him and Crawler combined It's
0: almost like Mayweather and McGregor are really 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 focused on money and more money than the sport it's, it's as almost as like, like that
1: it's as if someone said be the antithesis of these two men <laughs> go around the world as well don't just do it in one place oh, um, so gosh. yeah just it was a lovely just thing to sit there and watch him and at one point I was bored during oh yeah Martin J. Ward Anthony Kakache fight which I forgot <sighs> about because it was shit Did you fall asleep I wasn't far off to Like it was such a bad fight for me Why do they Um, keep giving this guy chances? He's won the British title outright now So like They're going to move him on now Presumably To European world level Who is? Martin J. Ward But who's going to move him on? Eddie He's a Hearn fighter still Is he still? Yeah yeah But that's how much Herne cares about him. Just let him go on last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eddie didn't even go. You know, Eddie went up to, um, Scotland yeah. for the Davis fight. Eddie sent Frank Smith down for this. That'd be awesome. Eddie just said, like, I wanted to send you to Poxford. If he can't bury you, then, God, who can? <laughs> and so, uh, you ended up, it was such a bad fight. Um, Martin J. Ward won it on points, by the way. I forgot to mention it, but I'm not going to give any overview. But I just sat watching Crawler and Lenares having a chat and just thinking, that's cool, man. No.
0: Oh, that's cool. Um Shaz aka hashtag Boxing Nut asks how do you rank Poxen event card uh, sorry, the Poxen event and card on Saturday night versus match room, Frank Warren, Small Hall, both for entertainment and value for money.
1: Now how long have you waited for Shaz to get involved? Shouts out to Shaz, thanks for getting involved. Andy was asking why you don't ask any questions on the pod.
0: My man Shaz. Yeah. Um So, how do you
1: rank? Terry, do you want to go first? I'm going to have to put this fire out afterwards, I suspect. So, let's be honest about what this card was. This card was the Eubanks basically carrying ITV. Now, I've spoken to some people who are in ITV and are involved in the boxing side of things. And the message they have has been consistent. All boxing-related matters go through Richard Poxon. So when I see the Eubanks basically carrying an ITV show, I'm looking and going, what's Richard Poxon doing? That's not even a shock to him. It's like, be honest and say, I'm a guy that doesn't want to be involved in the limelight. It's not my nature. It's not my character. Or just say, quite frankly, without the Eubanks, we're basically just a small haul promotion because that's what the show felt like to me. It felt like this sort of needless mezzanine level between a good Steve Goodwin show and a Cyclone show, for example, if that makes sense. But I think Cyclone are doing it a lot better than ITV, because if you look at a Cyclone card, they risk their fighters. You know, Conrad Cummings has taken a loss. They they risk their fighters, and you get the sense that they invest in their fighters. So I think my issue with this whole ITV thing is, who am I supposed to get behind? The Eubanks are a what? We already know about the Eubanks, right? We know because basically Chris does the work. Chris is essentially the promoter for ITV. I struggle to see what Poxin does apart from the admin. I'd like clarification on that. But because of that, we don't hold anyone to account. Sky, Eddie Hearn. If the show's shit, Eddie, why was the show shit? And Eddie will respond on Twitter or he'll respond in IFL. And you'll get pissed off, but you'll watch. Frank Warren. Same thing with BT Sports slash Box Nation. And give Barry McGuigan his due, he puts himself in the firing line. I know, theoretically, it's his son that runs Cyclone, but Barry puts himself in the firing line. He'll answer questions. If you're being ridiculous, he'll tell you you're being ridiculous. Shane answers questions. So we have visibility over those three main networks. David Hayes now with Dave. Rest assured, there will be a vocal and visible presence around that, which just leaves ITV, which is essentially whatever Chris Eubanks says is what ITV say. So, I don't know where the investment's going in their fighters. You've got Chris Congress that's the second time he's been on ITV. No promo's been done for him. No, no vignettes, no video, no content for us to get invested in him. Robbie Davis Jr., similar. There, there's been no investment in anything to the point where someone has to explain what the hell's going on there. It seems shambolic. Um, there hasn't been any signs of growth. There doesn't seem to be any real ambition in what they're doing. And at no point, because I don't think Eubank Senior should speak for ITV at no point has the man who's theoretically in charge stood up and said, this is what it's about. And this is why fans are apathetic because it seems he's apathetic.
0: he <laughs> just put his fire out my <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, no, I, I disagree with some of that to an extent they the, the Congo one, yes, there's no investment to that. But there were videos, high-class quality videos put together for all the undercard that were featured. I don't know whether you saw them. They were put together for Davis, for uh, Kakachi and Ward, um, for uh, Selby. But say, you know, somewhere... And like... these were shown where exactly? ITV box office were putting them out. And ITV is a channel. They're on YouTube. Well, clearly... My point has been proven that it's ineffective because a Matchroom, look, I probably know who the cleaners are at Matchroom headquarters, you know? We know who Frank Smith is, for God's sake, and Frank Smith doesn't really want to be known. And I think that it's about that we're in a different world now. I don't think we can respect these old-school values of, I just don't want to be visible. I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue, because Eddie Hearn's such a cunt. (laughs) But right now I'd prefer him to run ITV boxing And that's the sad part about this But I don't want to see somebody that makes it about them I don't want to see Richard Pox in front and centre of all of it I'm quite happy with him sat in the background doing what he has to do So who sells the fights? But Chris Eubank Jr., you said it yourself, Chris Eubank Jr. sells the fights And if he wasn't there? If he wasn't there, then they'd get somebody else or maybe Pox and do it. But why Why would you even try and trump Chris Eubank Jr.? It's about trumping, but it's about, well, hold on. I'm Kid Galahad. I'm on the road to redemption or, you know, someone has to sell that story. Otherwise, I'm just like, that's the guy that had steroids in his Nando's and got banned. Fuck him. And I don't mean that because I quite like Kid Galahad. He's a good guy. But there's no one going, listen, this is the card you've got. Eubank Junior, the second most marketable boxer in this country, you know who his father is. You know what the pizzazz is that comes with that. Brilliant. Get excited about him fighting Abraham. Can he stop Abraham? We will find out on ITV box office. But Perfect. I'm with you. I'm with you. That it's it's gonna all down the ladder. It's gonna halt the growth to the casual fans. That's the biggest issue. I see. To boxing fans, they will know about it. They don't need to know the background. Who sells to boxing fans? Like, you don't. You You don't don't sell to boxing fans because boxing fans know about it already. So I see what you mean about it's going to stunt the growth somewhat unless somebody goes front and centre. But you've got Eubank there. Why would you do anything? And granted, Eubank is only going to talk about one fighter on that card. But if Anthony Joshua's fighting, do I care about who's fighting underneath him on that card? But you've heard Joshua, though. Joshua will be there on an interview and he'll go, look, I'm fighting Klitschko. So and so's coming up as well. Get excited about Lawrence Sicoli. He'll do all of that. He'll put people on. Because No, he didn't against Klitschko. No, 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 he no no no. Yeah. No, he didn't. Which did interview did he catch where he was like, I can't remember which he fight he was. He just got quick on. He put Luke no. Campbell on. No, 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 but I mean he put them on, he he, sh- he shone like. Look, look up for Lauren Even, you know, what, Lawrence Sicoli. Even George Joshua shot Lawrence who didn't fight. There you go. <laughs> You can't say that when Lawrence no, no, got well, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, But at least we were looking out for him. In yeah. the car park? No, 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 we're, we're making larger, but we were looking out for Lawrence Cody because there's someone else mentioning his name. There is no one in ITV mentioning a non ubank name. There seems no plan around, let's get five guys to rise up. Why? Because when we start charging £20 for these pay-per-views, we're going to need more than Chris Eubank. We can't have the trash that we had. And it was trash. It wasn't trash. You could, it was, you've trash. got Lee Selby in a world title fight. Was it better? Is that better than a... Oh, come on, man. Against who? Against his mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get rid of that. No, but why am I going to get excited? He's just ticking a box. And he, he knows that. Ticking a box, bit of summer money, go to Ibiza but for a few I'm weeks. I'm all right with it. You've got... Well, but. But you're charging people for this. If this was a free-to-air card, I wouldn't be making a noise at this point. No, I'd be like, know, oh, whatever. Can,
0: can I just interject somewhat and think, say... No! To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask. I, I, People have proved, just by the Klitschko-AJ fight, that, and again, speaking as a uh, Captain Casual, um, most people in that stadium I would hedge my bets on were there to watch AJ VK. Or WK, WK. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vitali, be Vitali, careful. yeah, um, and so therefore that goes to show you that if the fight's big enough, it's not really important how much you sell the surrounding fights. So on here's it.
1: my logical question: Why do you need Poxin? Just Eubank. Let the Eubanks run it. But the Eubanks don't have promotional licenses. No, no. But no, let the Eubanks run it. All that stuff can be arranged, as we well know. If 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 you really wanted to say who's really doing something for ITV, you'd have to say Chris has done a lot more to drive ITV boxing revenue than Richard Poxon has. If Eubank wanted a promotional license, he'd have one by now. No doubt about it. Would he? Hundred percent. It doesn't take a lot to get one. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm a, any, it doesn't is take Is there a lot. any
0: mental health requirements? <laughs> because, because other I might have re- requirements. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no, but I can imagine. Based on the interviews that we've heard with other promoters, they would not be happy if Eubank would receive a license. But that wouldn't matter. It's the well, board. But, yes, it does. As we've learned with the board, the people who control the revenue that goes to the board have a say. If Hence, that, yeah, a do. million percent. If Eubank wanted a promotional license, for Viden he could pass the requisite tests, he would have one. I, I, they'd find a reason not to. I'm of the view that they'd find a reason not to give him one. Because he could happily, imagine, can you imagine if Chris Eubank had a stable of fighters, right? Can you imagine the interview? Everyone would be put. Everyone would get that light shone on them.
0: Can he be bothered though? He seems to that, they, that's a,
1: that's a different they, question. You'd have an hour interview where you would come out the back of it, not really sure what he talked about. No, no, Apart no, from no. Him not not well, well, well <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love senior. I love they, senior to bits, but I'm not entirely sure he would succinctly put together a press conference doesn't <laughs> need to. Look at, was it you? Look at the numbers, right? The numbers don't lie. And if Poxon says those numbers are down to me, we all know. Nah, come on, man. That's senior, that's Eubank teaching Katie Price how to box. Shocking, the biggest, for the record. The, the biggest problem, I think, like, going on your argument, and don't me I know where you're coming from with it. The biggest problem is going to be now, this World Boxing Super Series. If, I don't know how the TV deal is going to be split up but it's We've got a question about it. But well, if if for somehow <laughs> um, Eubank didn't end up on ITV, then what? Then what? Yeah. Okay, let, let's let's do that. We did it with Matchroom, Dave. No, no, but <laughs> let, let, <laughs> let's... what happens to ITV? Yeah, yeah. is oh, a question. Yeah, let, let, let's take the head off the beast like we do with Matchroom and look at it and go. Right, take take Joshua away from Matchroom, you know what you have. Take Eubank away from ITV, you know what you have. Now, the difference is, and I think it's it's equally as painful to look at, the difference you have is Hearn will have you believe those guys are something special. And you'll hate yourself for watching it and going, why the hell am I watching it? But you'll go, maybe. Because we all kind of, that O'Hara Davis thing, they had us doubting our boxing logic of, This guy's got a lot more amateur bats. He boxed in the Olympics, two Commonwealth Games, was a world taekwondo champion. Maybe he'll bottle it on the big night. You know, we were all thinking that, and that's down to getting the messages out there. And that's what you want to promote it to do. Because when you talk to these young boxers and they're looking at what to do in their career, they need that. They need that person that's going to be like, this kid's going to be a world champion. Then they're like, the guy's batting for me. And I don't think we have that clarity from Pox. I'm not saying he doesn't do it because maybe he's not, that's not in his contract. I don't know. But he has to say something. There's, there's this, this, I'm going to sit here and say nothing. Mate, you're not Al Heyman. Just be absolutely clear about that. Heyman can because he has his representatives in all the main boxing markets that talk for him. Bella talks for him all the time. Um, so I have no issue that I can't remember the guy in Ohio who does all the fights. He speaks for him too. So, I'm just saying, at some point, Poxin needs to, you know, show up. Because as as things stand right now as a fan, I'm like, oh, fuck off am I paying that for ITV. Until you give me a reason to. I'll watch the Eubank fight, because that's been sold to me. The rest of it, if I don't know them personally, I'm not watching it.
0: Okay. Um, Mick, Senor Tasty. Any idea how the TV rights would be settled in the t- World Boxing Super Series? Uh, a nod and a wink to you, Mick. Thank you for the question. We've obviously covered that. No,
1: I think what he means
0: is... Um,
1: like, we haven't really covered it. It's, okay, so you've got the World Boxing Super Series coming hey, up.
0: Mick, so here's your answer coming. Sorry, mate. I haven't
1: got an answer for him, necessarily. Oh, right, okay. um, but it hasn't really been discussed. Okay, Callum Smith is um, fighting. What channel is it going to be on? Because Eddie Hearn came out and said that apparently, if you want to show like the World Boxing Super Series... You can't pick and choose. Like, I want to show Callum Smith's fight and somebody else is going to show Chris Eubanks' fight. You have to buy the whole package, apparently. Um, That was Hearn's tweet at the time. Whether or not that still rings true, it's come out of Hearn's mouth. It's questionable. Um, So it's an interesting thing. Where will it end up? So logically, you know, you've got George Groves on there. You might say that ends up on a Channel 5 card against Jamie Cox, but then it's got Jamie Cox, it might end up on a Sky card. Then you've got... um, Callum Smith, so you'd say that ends up on a Sky card. And you've got Chris Eubanks, so you'd say that ends up on an ITV card. But if it has to be one broadcaster that buys all of it, then what happens? And wouldn't it be funny if BT bought all of it? Well, wouldn't it be funny if RTL bought all of it? <laughs> I think that's what will happen. If if it's a package, RTL will buy it because they have a relationship with the salons. So it's like, well... No, I mean, no, but they'll sell it to each domestic market, won't they? Yeah, but they'll say, look, we'll buy this chunk because we already have all the like, the, the crap fights you have against people no one knows. And then we'll pass it we'll off. Sublet it, <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, you're gonna have purse bids for things, and it gets embarrassing. It's where it at gets that point. messy at that point. It's...
0: Shouldn't they have just already negotiated who's gonna buy the fights? I, like, I, of it.
1: yeah, I suspect it's all sorted. Because remember, it's only seven fights per weight division, right? It's only seven fights. Four quarters, two semis, and yeah, final. Yeah. It's probably already been decided somewhere. Um, and it's probably it's just why people picked who they picked. Yeah, that's true, actually. But it'll be interesting to see where it ends up, because you're going to end up with... You know, you've got three... So Groves, okay, goes between Channel 5 and Sky. And then you've got Callum Smith and Jamie Cox, they're both on Sky. And then you've got Chris Eubank, who's on ITV. So if it is only a single broadcaster, someone's losing their fighters for a short period of time. Can you imagine it'll be Sky? I don't know. I don't know. I, no, one, no, one, no one seems to have the cash flow to do this if they have to do it that way apart from Sky if, if BT had it I am sure we'd be seeing
0: bigger fights in September than we are seeing um head it off the floor asks after their respective losses mm. uh, head it head it off the floor I'm, I'm at modern day Lister i I'll try not to get into these uh, name things because one of them will trip me up again. After their respective losses in different circumstances, would Davies facing Davies Jr. really be wise for either of them?
1: Uh, I think they both need to go away and rebuild. I don't think it's something that either of them should be doing immediately. Um, as I say, Robbie Davis, look, you've got Ahara Davis got beaten by an elite level uh, boxer. Robbie Davis Jr. got beaten by a Polish guy that was meant to get floored and go home. Um So that's going to take a bigger hit to Robbie Davis than it is Ahara Davis, even with the circumstances. You know, Robbie Davis showed good heart, showed good chin, um, but he didn't show a great amount of skill. Whereas I think Ahara Davis, you know, yes, he took the loss, but he took the loss to somebody who's going to go on and win a world title. That Polish guy last night isn't going to go on and win a world title. So... I think probably Ahara Davis is in a better position at the two at the moment. Um, I don't think Robbie Davis Jr. needs to go spouting off wanting that fight anytime soon. No, who, who was that guy? It was Jason Easton. Yeah, who took care of Zabo. Exactly. So so he, he doesn't want him either because he looks like a guy who, for, for all his crudeness, looks like he can put the hurting on you. Yeah. Look, it's something I wrote about this week, and it's this notion of. We underestimate how important those foundations are before you turn pro. And I think both of these guys need they need that Conor Bend time. That's what we call it now, where you just go into the shadows, you disappear, no social media, nothing, no bitching to each other and go and work on your fundamentals. Just go and spar the GB, lads. Take a few kickings, learn a few tricks, get your composure and come back because both seem to be lacking in that big fight. Now and composure.
0: Okay, I'm um, going to quick fire some questions at the pair of you. With Joe Joyce signing up and then them looking for Dave Allen immediately, although he wisely didn't take it, is rushing him a good plan? Says 100%. Head it off the floor.
1: 100%. Right, they've Like announced this week Joe Joyce is going to anchor the David Hayes shows on Dave. This is an Olympic silver medalist. I don't want to see him in with... Mexican drug dealers with Latvian bin
0: men, all with that blokes looking to fall over, all that
1: standard shit. The ones we see Anthony Fowler beat up, you know. If it were down to Eddie, if Joe Joyce had gone on a match in one, they'd get Anthony Fowler's fucking opponent, fill him up with KFC, and put him in for Joe Joyce next week. <laughs> I don't want to see that. This guy's an Olympic silver medalist. I think it's brilliant. They want to start him off on a 10 rounder against Dave Allen. That's what they said they want to do. 100% back that. He's a yep. 31 year old Olympic silver medalist. back that, rush him to that level. Let's see what he's got. Put him in deep water. Yeah, one fight, British title. Um, Yes. I I back Joe Joyce. We we talked earlier about that whole amateur thing. He's well-schooled. He's good. If he's getting time with Ishmael Salas, God help every other big man out there because Joe is a good mover for someone his size and if he can get some of that Salas magic on him, Woo. The only thing that will be doubtful then is his chin. Let's find out. Yeah. But put him in the deep waters yeah. almost and, immediately. And, and let, let's just touch on that 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 hey announcement. And how clever is David? Well dressed, intelligent. Someone told me. <laughs> Here comes the blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after you and Linares, yeah. <laughs> Don't I him give me one. You're, 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 <laughs> you're the only. Per- you're, you're the only one I know who prematurely spat based on last week. <laughs> <laughs> he all shot out. Linares <laughs> knew the score.
0: Juicing yeah. up.
1: No, what was the one night one? <laughs> no, no. no look, look, you know, David was apparently too <laughs> smart for Mensa, so you know it tells you the caliber. But. I, what, what 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 I actually did like was because if you look at it, so Schaefer signs Yoka for his Ring Star operation, and they signed Joe Joyce as well. So you already have the super fight brewing, right? So smart move number one. Smart move number two. You've got this whole boxing MMA crossover. You get Mark Venom Page, who I can say I can I can legit vouch for. He can box. Is he? Someone special at boxing, no. But you could stick him on a small horse and he wouldn't embarrass I'm himself. I'm intrigued to see what they do with that. We haven't got time to go into it now, yeah. but I'm intrigued to see what they do. And then, and then Keshe Ashfaq, who, who actually, the signing, I only found out because I was in Leeds and I was buying some trainers. And I know one of the guys in there because he's Keshe Ashfaq's cousin. So he's like, you know he signed with Ringstar. I was like, hmm. Huh? I thought he was going to stay on. But no, good luck to him as well. And the, the Scottish the, lad... <clears throat> Willie, Mon- I was going to call him Willie Monroe Junior. He's highly touted. I've seen a lot of. I, I know nothing about him, but You see, and, and Hearn's got to start asking himself how he's letting all these these sort of things slip under, especially when you look at the roster he has, because there has to be an inquest somewhere, Manchester. How do we let Josh Taylor get away? You know, above all else. But no, good luck to David. Uh, stable looks good. Maybe a couple more additions. You know, from your. You know, you know. Might get a couple in there.
0: And the Boxing Madman asks, um, that he, he goes on to ask the question that you've practically answered there. Is the link up between Joe Joyce and David Hay a good thing, um, or should he have gone to Warren and Hearn? So why shouldn't he have gone to Warren and Hearn? Why is David Hay better for his career choice?
1: Just look at the Wimbledon footage. Look at, look, look at Joe Joyce's social media. David puts him on. He puts himself on. Uh, His manager Sean puts he's getting a lot more traffic than he was a month ago already. People know who Joe Joyce is now. People are talking about him. I think, career wise, we've said it numerous times before on here that you know, if you go to match room, you get stuck behind Joshua. If you go to Frank Warren, you're going to get stuck behind Dubois, potentially Huey Fury. You go to David Hay, you get stuck behind nobody. Yeah, maybe David, but everyone's stuck behind David.
0: Um, Andy Johnson asks another question that we've kind of touched on so sorry to steal your thunder Andy Um, does Eubank have another dimension to him seems to me he may struggle against a more mobile fighter that's what you think that his biggest problem is going to be right
1: it's just anyone who can box so at middleweight I really wanted to see him fight Willie Monroe Jr because I think that would have been interesting a guy who's just not there to be hit and would he lose his composure would he get frustrated what would happen then I think we'll find out in this I need to call it the Super Six. and fuck he is
0: the Super Six. <laughs> uh, Boxing fan asks for years. Uh, I was thinking I should probably identify him. At UK Boxing Fan Six, I'm only doing that because I can read it. For years, promoters have stopped big fights happening. Do you agree that the World Boxing Super Series, the power is back in the hands of the fighters where it should be.
1: Not in the hands of the fighters at all. They've signed over every power to do this. They've signed over what channel they're going to be fighting on, who's promoting the show, everything else. But in return for that, what they're getting is very, very well paid. So look, if that's where the power needs to be is in their wallet, then 100% back all of them that are signed up for it. And just anyone who doesn't believe this thing is serious... Go back and watch the look George Groves gives Chris Eubank Jr. when he starts talking nonsense. And Groves gave him that look that said, "I'm going to remember this." Yeah, he looked pissed up. Like I was sat, I couldn't hear what anyone was saying, but I was kind of looking over the top. And then all of a sudden, Groves gave that look that, like my missus gives when she listens to this, I suspect, and hears some of the comments I make about it, is <laughs> uh, including this one. <laughs> but the kind of like that that shot across the bows look that. Yeah, as I say, <laughs> I
0: shot across the bows. That must be a very familiar look for oh, you, barely,
1: Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I knew what he'd said had pissed George off. Yeah, he was talking nonsense about what happened in sparring And George was just like, no, 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 no. You know, he should win his fight. We'll fight each other. Realise I'm, I'm a different prospect overall. And I'm summarising. But yeah, it was the glare. And I was like, oof.
0: Yeah. Okay, Char- Carl Chapman's asked um, a million questions. Um, what are Eubank's biggest weaknesses from a boxing perspective, which we've answered, and who in the World Boxing Super Series can expose them, which we kind of answered, which was George Groves. But Can you think of anyone else that might expose him?
1: What, in the series? No, not necessarily. I think it looks nicely teed up. I can't remember how the brackets sit, but would, uh, Eubank-Groves final, that would be superb. Love it. I feel, like I said, people need to look up for Rob Brands. There's the... There's something about him, like, do you know when I always look at setups, what setup are you in? He's trained by Derek James, so you're basically sparring Errol Spence on a regular basis, you're sparring, it's either Jamel or Jamal Charlo as well. Ronnie Shields' gym is just up the road, so you're getting the other Charlo and a shitload more middleweights and super middleweights to spar. So Rob Brandt, despite being the smallest guy in the tournament, is getting the best quality training and sparring and he gets to fight an old Jurgen Bremer who's having to boil down in weight, so he will definitely get through and then I think it's him against Eubank Jr right, if he wins, and I don't think that fight's going to be easy for him because Brand will be like Eubank Jr, kind of in between weights, so let's see
0: Gaz French asks how does someone like Ronald McIntosh continue to get commentator gigs? He balls the life out of me. That's quite a polite way of I saying it. I love the actually. fact
1: that he copied Ronald McIntosh into this question <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> no shame
0: about it. <laughs> One like. I can only assume that's from Ronald McIntosh.
1: <laughs> uh, I didn't listen to any of Ronald McIntosh last night because I didn't need to and I'm glad I didn't. He's just generally shit. He tells you all the stuff you don't want to. Him and Wood all together just a, It's just a fucking nightmare isn't it because they tell you all of this stuff that they've probably read in a textbook somewhere that's not really applicable in the real world which is why none of them are really at the top of any career tree that they've ever been involved in and you know once again pox and where was andre ward this time and can i just touch on something this really fucks me off
0: you <laughs> As have it is in a long run you yeah. have duke
1: mckenzie on your panel And you're not really telling the world who Duke McKenzie is. Like, in terms of British boxing, Duke McKenzie's as close to the real deal as you can find. The guys won world titles multiple times. And they're still calling that clown Woodle who couldn't win one. And it's it's, it's that sort of stuff. It's it's that sort of sloppiness that Sky would never give you. Like, Sky, you know, you get a card and you got Hay there. You're like, he knows his stuff. And for all of Bellew's idiocy and bullshit, Bellew knows his stuff too. Yeah, you do. You get Paul Smith. Apologies for that, but generally they have people it's on there. Very it. rare to roll Smith out in it, really. I yeah. mean, roll. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point I'm trying to say is all of these things ITV boxing need to get right. And after his performance on the O'Hara Davis Josh Taylor card, I would be paying Alex Arthur whatever the hell it costs to get him down.
0: Martin Sam at Fight Talk asks, was sitting with me for the evening everything you hoped it would be?
1: Don't, don't, don't let it out of him this time. In.
0: <laughs> And Groves versus Eubank is the fight I want. How do you see that playing out? Uh, quickly.
1: Shout out to Sam. Uh, yeah, I had a, a good evening with Sam. Lovely lad. Good Check man. out Fight Talk. Uh, all the content they put out is fantastic. Always. Um, how do I see it playing out? I think Groves wins. Um, but it's going to be an entertaining fight. Like as I said earlier Eubank has turned into this entity that he's a product that I think until he gets beaten he's going to be a very sellable product uh, I think Groves beats him personally I just want to touch on Senior again that Senior's a legend like, they're talking about the World Super Series the boxing and I like how, how Chris makes a point of reminding people the Gale's not in it <laughs> Did, yeah, it was something Someone lines of, he, yeah, this is where the true warriors do battle. There might be some people on the outside, I don't know who they are. He's just was taking little digs at the gale, which I always like. <laughs> and you see, that's good promotional activity there because you're like, nice little shot there, I like that.
0: Uh, given the relative ages of Pac Man and Abraham and their CVs, is Eubank's achievement last night being downplayed or is Abraham just shot?
1: I don't like that word. Like, who who asks that?
0: <laughs> Carl Chapman. Yo, what do you mean shot? You're in trouble.
1: Just go back. No, no, no. no honestly, go back and watch <laughs> Abraham versus Darrell, and tell me what he did different then to what he's doing now. Like Abraham's, it's the same model. Like he has four arms made of okay. granite and an abdomen made of diamond. Right? That that's pretty much what he does. And he takes your best shots, and then he tries to catch you with a left hook or something clever. Yeah. You know, I don't think he can be shot because his style doesn't require great reflexes. It doesn't require athleticism. It doesn't require speed. It just requires that he's a fucking hard man and he still is. He's, when I watch Abraham fight, I think there are not many men I'm scared of, but he'd be one of those guys you'd be scared of because you'd be there with a baseball bat and it would break and you'd be like, I'm just going to run now. (laughs) I don't care if, I don't care if there's 20 people camera phones filming. I'm going to run.
0: Uh, He goes on to ask, with all the fights on telly, is there a chance of the market being oversaturated rather than selling boxing? Is there not a chance that if cards are poor or the fights are boring, people turn off uh, of the sport rather than attracting more?
1: That's a good question. That, Um, Yes, there is potentially the risk. If you... (laughs) You know, if you only had one broadcaster, everybody has to go on that one broadcaster. So you're going to get everybody that is any good. Whereas now, you've got these options, so that quality will, by nature, start to dilute out a little bit. It depends um, who's going to start um, filling up these other cards. So, you know, how many shows are BT going to be putting on? RITV going to continue, you know, as was initially uh, rumoured, their 20-odd domestic shows per year? I'd like to see some small hall boxing being broadcast on ITV4. I'd be really cool with that um, because you start to see some of the names that you hear about, but you don't necessarily get to see from around the country. Terry's shaking his head like mad, um, but I'd be cool with that. It's just uh, you know you you have to accept you're not always going to get world title fights. You may not even you know get British title fights on some of these cards, but As long as we're seeing developing talent on them and the best of what's available out there from around the country at a lower level, I'm okay with that. Because I did the numbers. There's roughly, if everyone to what they're committed to, there's about 75 dates in a 12-month span that broadcasters have to fill. If you're a boxer and you have a profile and you're entertaining in the ring, you should be able to find work. Like, I don't want to be hearing people going, I'm being held back now, because you can go anywhere. Cyclone. If you can box and you got pedigree, Cyclone will have you on their show. Um, David Hay will have you on his show. Like, his stable's not that deep that he can just fill the card with his own guys. So he'll, he'll have you on board, and you know you'll get promoted well and you'll get looked after. Um, BT have God knows how many dates between them and Box Nation that they need to fill. So you're seeing guys like Jermaine Smile and Darryl Williams getting a shot no one knows what ITV are doing and as you've seen before until i hear something from Poxon, i'm not that bothered so do whatever you want to do but in in essence if you're a good boxer and i know martin likes to touch and guys like linus Adofia and brad Pauls, they're the guys i want to see now kind of you know breaking into that you know we can get on free to air tv this is the challenge for them and their team if, if we're here at the end of the year and they haven't been on broadcast tv they need to change their situation because And, you know, I will concede they're talented, they're good guys, and I want them to do well. But this is where people need to be ambitious and go, fuck it, I'm going to make it happen. Because there's enough TV slots for talented boxers now.
0: Um, Back to the World Boxing Super Series briefly. The Boxing Madman asks, with all the talk of Groves and Eubank, do you feel that Smith or Scogland are the ones to really watch out for?
1: Not Scogland, I think he's boiling down from light heavy. I don't really know a lot about him, but I don't fancy someone who's coming down from light heavy to win the tournament, just because it's it's not a weight they're comfortable at, so they've got to adapt to it at the elite level very, very quickly, that weight. I, I just don't see how someone can do that. Put Jürgen Bremer, because he's old and hasn't fought of the weight in 10-plus years. Uh, Callum Smith, he could be one to look out for, And How do you know? Same with Jamie Cox. Um, you've not seen them tested. You've not seen them in with anybody good, anybody. Um, so how can we say how good they are? We'll find out when it kicks off, I suppose. I'll tell you one of my funniest things this week was, I think it was on the boxing voice. They so were talking about Jamie Cox and they were going through his record. Oh, I'll help you quick on this. They are going through his record and it said something like, why is this guy fighting, man? Why is, why, why he's he's so inactive. Say, like, this motherfucker been in jail or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so they go to Google. This is all I like, oh shit, this motherfucker has been to jail. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was fighting. <laughs> it's just it happened to Fight, be with yeah. his missus. But I just say, I think the worry with Cox is. I'm fighting off
0: rapists.
1: Just to touch on what Martin said, I don't trust people coming up the weights from where he came up because he, he was a small guy yes. to begin with. So. I'm always wary about, are you really that big? Whereas someone like a Groves is naturally that big. Yeah, he's been fighting that weight for years. We know what Groves yeah. is. Groves was a 75 amateur, so he's been a super middle practically his whole life.
0: Okay, two more questions to give. Sam Khan asks, what would you guys recommend as your top two to three boxing films uh, slash documentaries and why? Thank you. I don't Some watch weird boxing emoji. films.
1: Oh, and I don't like them. Um, I like Bleed for this. I went to the premiere of that. That was all right. But I haven't got anything to compare it against. Mm. Um, I bet
0: well, Raging Bull's good.
1: No, th- there's... <laughs> I don't even watch Rocket. I don't watch So there's email. a documentary and I forget what it's called. It's like either From the Swamp to the Sewer or something along those lines. It's from 1992. And it's, it follows Shannon Briggs. So Shannon Briggs is about 20 at this point. And he's got the... He's got the mad braids and everything. And it's a young Shannon Briggs. So it's great to contrast old shannon briggs or young shannon briggs and it's a really good one because it shows that you know this joshua thing isn't anything new promoters have always wanted a big guy who can knock people out and just watching some of the early interactions between him and muhammad ali him and teddy atlas watching how he's living the dreams he had and all these sorts of things that's a really good one um there's a very good jack johnson documentary uh, I can't remember what it's called for life. Maybe I've got it on my hard drive at home. It's about four or five hours worth of documentary. Look at that. It, it's fantastic. And then we always have to say when we were kings, just for obvious reasons. Uh, what about The Gloves Are Off featuring Johnny Nelson? Uh, great film. Great program. Documentary. He often gets guests on like Tony Bellew, Dillian White, Derek Chisora. Fantastic
0: no, well, well, no, and no, obviously no, it's level. always worth watching no, no, any actually, film with Tony I, Bally I in I it. I'll tell
1: you what, the one I did like was the gloves are off the heavyweights. So they had Fury, Bruno, Scott Welch, Anthony Joshua and Lennox Lewis. Was that the one where, uh, Fury was there in his Slasinger socks? Something like <laughs> that, yeah. But, but I just like, you know, I, i tell you what, I love Frank Bruno. When Frank Bruno talks boxing, he comes alive. Like someone will say something dumb and you see Frank. What are you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so that's good, but I'll dig some out. Yeah. And um, then I will offer some recommendations. That's The Shannon... Four Kings that don't fit the Four Kings documentary about Hagler, Leonard, Duran. Fuck. Le... Hearns. Oh, Hearns, that was it.
0: The uh, Shannon Brinks' documentary you were talking about was Welcome to the Sewer. Okay. Um, For those wishing to indulge. Uh, final question. Uh, is from Neil Savage. Uh, what's the best screen resolution for taking pictures to pretend you're at an event? I saved the best till last.
1: <laughs> this is very much aimed at me. I got a lifetime ban off Boxing Kingdom this week. No,
0: no, 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 no. Let's quote the tweet.
1: What? What was it? New it was Age like, UH Boxing is never getting unblocked. Ever. No, these stupid <laughs> motherfuckers, right, taking pictures of their laptop. For the McGregor Mayweather press conference Stupid fucking Australian pricks A lot of them Um, These pictures on their laptop And to the point You know when you take a really grainy picture And it comes out with like the colours really distorted When you take a photo of a screen And they were doing it as if they were live At the press conference Why didn't they just screen grab? Yeah but this thing was being broadcast on YouTube And they're giving live updates of what's going on So people can just watch it on YouTube you prick
0: And so anyway this goes on
1: (laughs) And uh, then they... I don't know. There was this further conversation. Other people like hijacked it, taking the piss out of them. That's all good. All good. Because they're hilarious. No, 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 no. no. You're forgetting the tickets. Yeah. And then like (laughs) this went on to people... I'm sat in A&E at this point because I've had a bad arm during the week. I've had issues with it. This isn't like... (laughs) One o'clock in the morning. One o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. People just abusing this Boxing Kingdom. Then I get a tweet of a screenshot that just says, like, quotes me on it, going, uh, these people have got... Um, like permanent bans like at New Age in UK for trying to ruin our free ticket giveaway I'm like mate I ain't trying to ruin anything apart from you looking like a pair of bellends um, Did, didn't you start asking questions about the ticket? oh yeah I was taking the piss out of their free ticket giveaway uh, because apparently like people you know they set up fake accounts and then give them as the winners they're like oh you won I don't know if that's true or not no idea but I don't care I wasn't even involved in that conversation
0: but yeah,
1: I was then thinking you're giving out a permanent ban. Like, do you give all your other bans and then set a reminder on your phone, like a week later, un-unban somebody? I got banned and then unban. Yeah, they're fucking mental. They followed me once, and then by the time I'd open my phone up to see the notification, they'd unfollowed. Me. So, but do you know, but absolute losers. No, no, but I have a Making feeling. Helly-itis. It's no, no, but it's no, no, but I think this is just auto follow. Is I think they've just got a bot that just does it. They're absolute dicks. Fuck them. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen them? <laughs>
0: Martin? Don't. What happens if they go worse than their lifetime ban? <laughs>
1: Good, come over. They can take it up a few notches. Absolute balance. Send ISIS like, that, for that, it. That, that, that Send was, ISIS. That was hilarious. You know when you wake up and you just read a series of tweets and you're like. Yeah. You're like, like, I can get into work late now. I'm okay. I'm not even sure why I was involved in this, other than just taking the piss out of their screenshots. It was just, it was like, when they named you, I was
0: like, oh, just, it stinks of self righteousness, doesn't it? I know. (laughs) I I,
1: I genuinely, like, I I don't even know why I'm bothered. I don't even know why I'm bothered. Why am I getting upset about it?
0: Oh, no, I can't pull over. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Do we need to discuss
1: the, the absolute fucking train wreck that's been Mayweather McGregor although for the record I did like the TMT stuff with the Canadian flag that did look kind of nice actually and yeah, his I'm, little dance on his way out I was I'm, impressed no, I've I'm literally got no idea what oh about. no 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 he's got his own song now it's like a Money Mayweather song it's quite nice it like, like, comes and money. No, money I, comes I wish money it was money. at yeah. first I hated it you got the it. strut I, I hated it <laughs> and then, then I saw the Mayweather dance I was like yeah okay now it makes sense I have no idea What you're on about I've seen about Two minutes of it. It's just embarrassing life. Don't watch it Don't even watch the fight For God's sake Just stream it Do not give these mugs Any money They're insulting Your intelligence You know Worse than ITV boxing At the moment Do not give anyone Any money Unless they deserve it And put the work in Just like a prostitute <laughs>
0: <laughs> on that note. I'm gonna be using that particular prostitute on that, prostitute note, on that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say if the prostitute looks good, just throw money at it. So I'll be watching the fight um, uh, with, I with a has... prostitute. I'm really confused. <laughs> well, maybe I'll do both. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> Spice things up. Give um, me your
1: options.
0: Right, have we got anything else to touch on? Where, where do we think um, the next AJ-Vladimir F- Klitschko fight is going to be? Vegas. Vegas.
1: I don't know. They've been showing like Frank Smith and Hearn over in Vegas, um, saying they're having these discussions. We all know like Hearn is very, very good right now and has been working on it for the last year or so since Brooke Golovkin at setting smoke screens and being able to distract you in one place whilst doing something else. So who's to say was over there at all? I know he tells you he is, but who's to say he was there to discuss AJ Klitschko? He could have been... You know, there's lots of boxing promoters that you can talk to whilst you're out in Vegas. He also
0: did mention Nigeria and a few other places. And yeah, one Yeah, Cardiff.
1: Area, um, like, I'm, I'm not saying it's definitely not Vegas. Just be cautious that, I say, Hearn sets a lot of traps, a lot of smoke screens to divert you from what he's actually doing. And then he can make that mega, like... Because how much... Like I'm a big fan of it when Hearn does that. So when Brook Golovkin was announced, nobody anticipated that because all you heard about was Golovkin-Eubank. And so that came out of the blue and that's a brilliant way to start announcing fights and so little do you get away with on social media to just announce things out of the blue. So how cool would it be for him to be able to say Nigeria or whatever when everybody's talking about it being in Vegas?
0: It'd be interesting, definitely. With a different take.
1: Nigerian money or whatever. Some you know, dodgy government... Grant, <laughs> to get it over there.
0: Oh, that brings us just to the Send the long
1: number. Send the long number on your card.
0: <laughs> I've got look, we'll AJ. Come over there because there's this guy that My you know. Uncle. Yeah, he's he's coming to some money, and we need to do. <laughs> uh, I've sent in the money already. I just need to pick up the cash. <laughs> so I might as well do you know, you know double mate, bubble. That
1: wouldn't work because you know, Hearns there like reply. Sorry, mate. I've been ripping British people off. <laughs>
0: Yes! I invented this game, you prick! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, okay, that that does bring us to the end of the podcast. Just a quick one. Oh, no. On a personal note,
1: big shout out to young Martin McDonough, who's likely to join Frank Warren. So I think he'll be boxing at Light Walter, or maybe Lightweight, trained by Billy Rumble. So it'll be like Billy's real first foray into professional coaching. I know his brother Charlie does a bit, but you know, Bill's 25, 26, one of, probably one of the best young coaches. He's a good out lad. There. So excited about that. Um, that's good. If they kick 64 out of the Olympics, expect Mason Smith to follow him pretty quickly. Naturally, it's a natural rivalry, you know, perfect stars for each other and, you know, something to look forward
0: to. And that brings you to your train departure, I believe, if you're going to make it. Whatever. Let's roll out. Right, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Wide stance. Even wider. Split (laughs) stance. Fidget spinner. (laughs) Conor McGregor, like a fidget spinner. (laughs) Spinning bird kick. (laughs) You won't know what's hitting
1: Blame it on
0: art. it it it
1: it it